This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to Space Waffles. I'm Arzu. And I'm Candace. And may the 4th be with you, everyone. We are obviously here today on May the 4th. We are just putting out this special episode. We are going to catch you up on what we've been up to. Star Wars, why we're going to talk celebration. We're going to talk the new animated series that hit today. Yeah, let's get right to it. So first things first, Star Wars Celebration. Candace, it was your first time, right? Yeah, first time, and it was in London. In London. And because it was your first time, what were your thoughts? It was fun. Oh, dear. No. (laughs) It was nice seeing everyone. That was cool. I really liked the Lucasfilm Showcase. I was very lucky to get a ticket to that. You were so So. much fun to watch during the Lucasfilm Showcase when all the Ahsoka stuff was up. I was just like, because Candace and I were sitting across the aisle from each other. So I would just lean over to watch Candace just freaking out at every Ahsoka thing, especially the Sabine stuff. Was so Sabine and Hera. And Chopper. Chopper was there. Chopper was there. The man, the myth, the murderer. I wouldn't call him a man. Man, in quote. How did you like Celebration, Arzu? Here's my thing. I was working during Star Wars Celebration, which was super cool because I got to go to the showcases and stuff like that. And actually, no, it actually works out better this year than it did last year because I had a full day off on Sunday. So I did get to see everybody. I was so tired by the end. And I did come out of it with COVID, which is why I sound a little funny. My voice is not fully bounced back. I'm not surprised. Like the show was great in that we got to see everybody. The showcase was really cool. The big panels were really cool. I will say the convention center, because we were in London, like Candace said, we were at the Excel. The convention center was a little small. It was not built structure. No, it wasn't organized correctly. There's just this one big hallway Mm -hmm. and everything looks the same. So you feel like you're in Hotel California and you can't find the way out. There's no way out. Well, that's one way out. There were emergency exits. Like we're not suggesting BXL was unsafe. But literally, it was in its Andor era because it was one way out. You could only go out the front door. Like, and there it no was side like, doors, there was no back door. And it was really confusing where everything was. Like, I had a meeting with Funko, and I was looking for where to go for that. And it was like, oh, this H or that age. And, like, I couldn't find what hall it was. I kept looking for people with Funko bags and being like, where's the Funkos? Where's the Funkos? I think part of it was they had the live stage on one side and some of the show floor. And then they had the other half of the show floor on the other half of the building where the lineup for the Galaxy stage was. Which, I mean, I get not wanting the Galaxy stage and the live stage side by side because there's crowding and there's noise and I get that. But splitting the show floor like that, I think just made things really confusing because it all does start to look the same after a while. It was... A little stressful, like I said, I was very lucky I got the raffle for the Lucasfilm showcase thing, and I got in line, and then I realized, like, after I asked somebody who worked there, I'm like, okay, is this a line if you have a ticket for this? And they're like, yes. So I get in line, and then somebody, another person who works there says, sorry, they're all filled, you'll have to go to the other to watch the video feed. And I'm like, I have a ticket? And they're like, oh, no, you should go over here. So... I was waiting in line with the people who were like on standby after being told this is where I should stand. I think that's part of the thing is that, and this is just consistent with read pop in general, Star Wars Celebration mostly, 
is that they don't communicate things to every staff member. So what one person says, if you ask somebody else, they'll give you a different story. And I think that's a little, that's extremely frustrating. Yeah. I think if you're just trying to get through this massive crowd and it's not super easy to jump from line to line. So no. And yeah, because like I, I was scammed in when I first got in and then I went into a separate line for the actual showcase thing. And then you're just out in the wild afterwards after you scan your showcase thing, which made no sense to me. And then yeah. they're like, yeah, go over there somewhere. And I'm like, fine. And then I was trying to find our friend Shannon to sit with. Because I was like, I really want someone to freak out with because yeah. I'm freak out because something like anything rebels related, which I did. I was very happy about. But yeah, I just remember like I was with our friend Rachel on Friday and we were like, we got to find the room for our panel because we hosted a panel, ours, you? Yes, we did. We did. We hosted a Padme Amidala panel, which I think is on our YouTube. Yes, it is. Yes, it's on our YouTube. So be sure to check it out if you haven't. Yes. Padme Amidala, her influence on the galaxy and on prequel kids. And we were the prequel kids. We were the prequel kids. And it I was, think it went really well. It did go really well. I made an entrance because let me walk you through my Friday. So I was at work most of the day and I told my boss I had to present on a panel. So I, but also I had my photo op with Ming-Na Wen. Like all of it was happening back to back. So I left work. Basically... Very quickly went downstairs, came out the wrong door. Couldn't we find saw you? You're just running past us. No, that was not even then. I came out the wrong door to get to the show floor, like from oh. work. And then because, like you said, it was confusing and we couldn't find where to go. I basically walked half the length of the place before I even found a map. And had I just gone out like a door, like two steps over, I would have come out right in front of the photo op. Yeah. But I didn't do that. I came out like half a convention center away. Like... Booked it into line. I'm essentially doing work from the lineup, like to just wrap up my work day. Like zip, thank God they were so fast. Took my photo, grabbed my photo, ran back across the convention center and up two floors. Because and then that's when I burst in through the wrong there. door. Yeah. Thankfully, the photo ops were like relatively close, but I still had to push through that crowd. Came into the hall through the wrong door and burst in, ran, have never run before. Like my gym teachers. If they could see me, they'd be like, where was this energy when you were in gym class? And sprinted up to the stage, not realizing there are 500 people sitting there. And I'm not exaggerating. This was a room with capacity for 600. And they were almost done seating. Like it was standing room only. So yeah. 100 people watching me sprint up the thing through my bag on stage. I'm like, hi, in this dramatic way. It was, thankfully, the day like calmed down after that. But yeah, yeah that was no. my friend. When Rachel and I went up, we were like looking and it's like, there was a whole room of people in queue to come watch us yeah, with the Padme thing. And I was like, oh my God, Padme has this many fans. I was so excited that she gets overlooked a lot. So. She does. And I think it, it went really well. And then we also didn't get canceled this year. I got canceled last year. So this year. Didn't Wait. Get yeah, the Ray panel, we got canceled. Because of Ray? Because the, the moderator brought up the question of the dyad and Ben Solo and every single person on that panel is either a Raylo or like just open to the concept of the dyad and Ben Solo because he brought the question up because it is a part of her character art. We addressed it and, you know, we mentioned that we ship it and it was maybe 10 collective minutes of a 60 minute panel talking about this and we got rid of her. There were like kids who were mad that we hijacked the panel that we made everyone upset and uncomfortable. It was, we didn't. People really enjoyed the panel, but 
Maybe we got canceled over Padme. I don't know. I didn't look, but we did trash Anakin a lot. That's why I tried to backpedal because, like, Anakin's just an awkward boy. He's not worthy yeah. of all the trashing. We were lovingly making fun of him, like his flirting techniques. I think everyone can agree that he's not the best flirter. No. He got it done. He got married to her with a few well, days. Listen, they had a couple kids. They got married, like, right away. Like, clearly something was working. Yep. But yeah. It was, it was amazing. I was, I thought I was going to be nervous. Not nervous. Oh, I, was like, I was like, I'm with my nerds. Like, I'm with, yeah. I'm with all my fellow nerds. Padme, <laughs> I can talk about her. So, with all that in mind, are you going to try to go to Japan? Yes, we're going to Japan. We're going to Tokyo. Yes. Tokyo, wa- Tokyo waffles. They have some interesting waffles. They do there. have some interesting waffles. Stick with us for the next year and a half to see the interesting waffles we find in Tokyo. No, two mm-hmm. years. What am I saying? Year and a half. I'm making things up. Stick with us for the next two years to see some interesting waffles when we get to honestly like i was like okay london paris on my bucket list i got that done tokyo was actually third because i was like okay, I, get, I was like wow star wars gets me What's i would have fourth loved- on your bucket list australia star wars celebration australia 2026 let's go yeah so we'll see we'll see what happens but yeah so star wars i'm like great excuse and then all my friends are going to be there not all of them but a bunch of my friends yeah that's i honestly think that's the big fun of star wars events is just who's there Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't go to Star Wars Celebration all four days One yeah. because it was London. And my mom came with me, which was a lot yeah. of fun. She told childhood stories about me starting a cult. It was great. Candace's mom is a riot. We love her. M- my mom was having the time of her life. She's, I'm on holiday. I'm going to get some drinks. <laughs> I just, I love your mom. I love hanging out with your mom. Yeah. So I was like, also like, I, there's so many things in London I want to do. Obviously, I didn't get everything done, but like, I got like the major things that we talked about. So that's great. And then if I wasn't at celebration, I got to have dinner with you guys afterwards, which was yeah, great. which was really cool. Like, we were all staying in the same area in Canary Wharf, and there were a lot of restaurants around. So had the thing where like every night after the show, we would meet up and yep. have dinner, and yeah, it was like it was really good. It was a really good vibe. And then we got to go to Paris beforehand. Yes, we did go to Paris beforehand. We went to, we saw the city. We went to mm-hmm. Disneyland. We did a space, space Hyper mountain, space hyperspace mountain. mountain, which was great. A little bumpy because we were in the way back. Yeah. I mean, they were all bumpy. Yeah. We, um, it's still really cool. We got to hyperspace mountain and I was like, cool. It's a Star Wars thing. That'll be fun. And then we sat in there and. I'm such a sucker for the John Williams score, like just in general, yeah. that as it launches you, it starts to play like the main yeah. title. And like part of me is just like crying, going, I love Star Wars. Like whenever I hear the music, yeah. I just get so emotional. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it, it just launches you and like a TIE fighters and X-Wings fighting. And it's just it was really cool. And it was my first time on Hyperspace Mountain because I had been on Space Mountain me too. before, but never the Star Wars oh, yeah. skin. Yeah. Oh, it is May the 4th, as we mentioned off the top, which means today there are two new Star Wars series on Disney+. Plus. There's Young Jedi Adventures, which is for a younger audience. It's a Disney Plus, Disney Junior, like, co-production. And then there's Star Wars Visions Volume 2. We have seen both, so we are going to talk about both today. Candace, what do you want to start with? Let's do Visions. Let's do Visions first. Visions Volume 2. My first question before we get into the... Compared to Volume 1, better equal does it hit different what are your impressions i'm not the biggest anime fan but i'm a huge animation fan in general i love volume two a bit more 
but also personal because there was an Indian studio too. And there was a lot more relatability to these shorts than before. I still love volume one. Volume one was amazing, breathtaking work of art all the way around. But there were shorts this time around that really stuck with me and actually made me cry. Which, yeah, that's just the power of good filmmaking. I think for me, it's just it's not like a question of better or worse. Like personally, obviously, preferences are preferences. I think for me, it was it hits different volume two because the focus felt so different. Like volume one, it had its heavy emotional beats. It was a lot of like fate and destiny and light and dark and like these heavy character beats. All in all, it felt a little more slice of life. The actions of these people don't impact anybody beyond their immediate surroundings. And sometimes that's okay. That's not a bad thing. It's just the stories felt a lot more smaller, a lot more personal. But and volume, volume one or volume two? Volume one. Okay. But with volume two, it just felt like there was a really high stakes to them. A lot of them were empire era, like rebellion era stories. And I think that comes from having these different voices in the room. It's like, a lot of people have experienced colonialism, oppression, things like that. And they were really speaking to that experience of theirs in one way or another. And like just being told you can't use your voice and you have to keep it inside and all of that. So I think that really jumped out. Quite a few of the shorts were focused on fifth era stuff in a way that felt really heavy. So those were a little more akin to volume one for me. And I love the Sith stuff. I love the Jedi stuff. But I think the increased Empire era focus made it feel a little more grounded. So it was just like different, not necessarily better for me in either way. Yeah, definitely. Both are great. I just preferences. Yeah, for sure. Like we, we love visions, like love, love it either way. First off, this just Sith, hmm. not the Sith, the Sith. By Elgiri and that, I was thinking, I'm like, the main character might be like a descendant of Ezra and Sabine. I love this. I love this about the High Republic too, is the interpretation and description of the Force. Yeah. How people use it and see it. Like, we've heard it as like music, which we do see in another one. But this time we saw it as art, as paint. And the whole paint splatter is my aesthetic. Like, I was literally paint- one year for Halloween. <laughs> okay. Listen, no judgment here. I love colors. And it was just a painting come to life. And I also just love the idea of the force being about balance versus light or dark. You can't have one without the other. And I think that they handled that so well. Yeah, I've, that was my favorite part was in the short, if you haven't seen it, first of all, please pause and go watch it. Welcome back. In the short, she is painting and like using the force to paint and then she sees these like dark spots that don't come out and that kind of becomes a manifestation of like her dark side as a former Sith and she's trying to eradicate it completely and by the end realizes that's part of you that's what balances and I'm like this in 15 minutes or however long it was gets the idea of balance so well in such a pure way I love like the interpretation of like droids and ships because there's been so many different versions of those Mm. like having these artists like come up with their own versions and the droid was so cute and like her little friend her little buddy and I love the way that the lightsabers were animated they were like 
like a paint, like a brush stroke come to life. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. Screechers Reach is the second mm-hmm. one. It's the only one that made me cry because the story is the kids going to the place Screechers Reach because there's a monster there that they want to learn more about. And it, how would you describe this monster? I keep going, they're possessed by the dark side. It was my reading of it. I thought it was like a banshee. It was like, it was a banshee, but I kept thinking something made her that way. I figured it was like the dark cave and Dagobah. Yeah, but I think that like representation. Wait, if, okay, now I've got a theory. If it's like the Dagobah cave and this is a manifestation of fear, then basically at the end of the short, the, the main character retrieves this lightsaber and leaves with a sip. At the end, she kills the banshee and leaves with a zip. And her friends are crying, going, don't go. And she's like, but I want to get off this planet and find another world. And she leaves with this woman. But if this cave is like the manifestation of her fears, what if that's what she's going to become? She's fighting herself, her inner. Yeah, she's going to become this monster. And she's killed it thinking that she's set her future, but all she's done is like condemn herself to it. Mm -hmm. dark. Dark. That was one of the saddest endings. You know what got me? It wasn't even her leaving her friends. It was, they have this little friend who's like little and purple and extremely <laughs> cute. As when she started crying, yeah. I started crying. Oh, yeah. It's just, that's what got me. Anything else to say about this one? I liked also like the watercolor backgrounds of the it was sky. It animated. And again, the way the lightsabers were animated. Just gorgeous. We've seen lightsabers so much. And just seeing a different visual of them was just really exciting the ship's design was really cool too yes yeah just over gorgeous the kids did a great job voicing too because those were actual children it was so good they're short in the stars i think this one yeah this one got me (laughs) this one got me as someone whose immediate family remembers colonization of their home this is chilean but It's a universal thing that sadly has happened to so many freaking people. And I love the sibling dynamic, the sisters. So yeah, it's two sisters living on this empire-occupied world, and their mother is missing. Their mother is dead. Their mother is dead. Was killed by the empire after she went to try to stand up, which is Mm -hmm. something that is very Very relatable. Yeah, so I'm getting a little teary-eyed right now. But (laughs) gosh, wow. (laughs) Oh gosh, yeah. This is this is the sign of really good storytelling that it can affect you emotionally. And again, like we were saying, like these are under 20 minutes. And the fact that they can like have these characters and build this world. Yes, they have the start of it with the Star Wars universe, but you can feel like this home, you understand like what they're going through. Yeah. Like losing your actual home. And I don't know. It just lot of feelings but yeah i just i love the sisterly love and just trying to keep going and i understand like the older sisters just we just gotta survive we have to survive i'm gonna go get water because we need water to survive the little sisters little sisters i'm gonna use my water to make paint and i'm like (laughs) as a big sister i'm like oh i feel you i feel you little siblings am i right i know i'm a big sister too that's why yeah so it's just uh, these kids again beautiful beautiful fourth one i am your mother which we got to see at the liberation from ardman the wallace and gromit studio was extremely cute it made me want to call my mom 
immediately after watching it. It's just it's like this girl at the pilot academy, which I'm gonna make it about Ben Solo one second, really quick. Um, oh no, no, yes, yes. So this is in Hannah City on Cinderella, sometime post Empire occupation, because Wedge Antilles is teaching at the flight school. Wedge Antilles is shilling. He's teaching at the flight school. He is making that money because he's got a wife and stepson, and he's got a he got to support his family. Wedge Antilles is teaching at the flight school. And this is about Ben Solo because Ben Solo was born in Hannah City, which makes me think little baby Ben and Han are out there watching this race. Anyway, so it's just about this girl like having her school like racing day and you're supposed to bring your parents and you do this race together. And she doesn't tell her mom because Mm -hmm. she's embarrassed by her. And her mom comes anyway. And they live in a little ship and they race their little house ship in this contest and they win, which it was just very cute. Oh my God, that baby Wookiee when he's like giving the evil eye to his fellow like competitor. Yeah. And just he rips his toy up. Or that just style got me. Like Ardman's style in general is just so cute. Like the cricketer, how do you say her name? The director? Like Magdalena Osinska. Yes. She spoke a little bit before and after they presented the short and also at the press conference that Arzu and I were able to attend about the feeling of being an immigrant in England and that othering and Arzu and I are both second gen. So we feel that again, not the same as Poland, but there's something that I feel like a lot of second gen go through of trying to fit in because that's just what children are trying to do. You're just trying to fit in, get through your adolescence and Go through it. But yeah. kids can be mean, which she has a mean it's girl. Awful. Yeah. Awful. And this illustrates that very, very yes. well. Yeah. The next one, Journey to the Dark Head. I thought it was interesting because the other ones are all in English. Yes. Journey to the Dark Head is in Korean, mm-hmm. which I had a moment when I was watching it where I was, I just checked my phone and got stuck looking at it while it was playing. Not an affront to the short. This was just the time to check my phone. Thinking it's okay. I'm listening because we watch so many K-dramas in my house. I'm like, it's fine. I speak Korean. I don't speak Korean for the record. It just sounded so familiar to me. I'm like, yeah, my brain's going to catch up in a second. So I had to go back and start it again. Because I don't, in fact, speak Korean. That was like, <laughs> anyway, that's embarrassing for me. But the story itself, I think, was my favorite. Because it felt, it's obviously not set in the High Republic. None of these are firmly, except the Empire stuff, none of these are like firmly set at any point in the time period. But it felt like the most High Republic. It felt pre-Yoda. It felt like, like it felt really it was, Yeah. I just meant it felt High Republic in terms of the scale. Because yeah. it was this Jedi Force user requests permission to go to her home world to take out this dark head, this statue. That's like... How would we phrase this? Like the embodiment of the Sith? Not really. Yeah, like a representation. Yeah. And then like, she takes this other, like she goes to the temple of Jedi and then the Sith encounter them there. And it just, in terms of the scale of this one, it was just the most epic. Yeah, definitely. Which I really enjoyed. What I also loved about it are the characters and how epic it was. And then it's over. And then the two of them are arguing and just bantering just so casually. And I was just, they just felt like real people. Yeah. The way, again, it's a short, but you feel like you know them. That's the thing. Like, it's so hard 
to tell a story in such a short format and have it like fully make sense. You have to get somebody invested in who your characters are, what they care about, and why we should care about them in less than 20 minutes. And every single one of these shorts manages that. Yeah. So the next one is The Spy Dancer, which felt like the most grounded in reality. It's grounded in actual history. And the director mentioned that it was inspired by French spies who would, during the occupation, would, would pass and, information yeah. on. It made, that's what it made me think of. It made me think of like Josephine Baker. Exactly. Which I don't think World War II, that was like World War One, right? Yeah, and I don't think she actually performed for the enemy. She was just passing things through. Yeah, but still, that's yeah. what it made me think of. But maybe yeah, that's definitely. just because that's the media I consume. But mm-hmm. yeah, it like that's it was so rooted in that history that, and I know the empire is also rooted in history in terms of like imagery and what they do and stuff. And I think of all the ones that tried to make a real world point, this one carried it off the best. And you think it was so important? It wasn't Jedi. There wasn't the Force in this one. This was just like a mother missing her child. Yep. And people who were are subjugated trying to do what they can in this galactic conflict. Yep. And that is something so real. Like just trying to do your small part. Yeah. I and agree. of course, the visuals were beautiful with the dancing and the silks. Yes, dancing. It was just, it was absolutely beautiful. They're all beautiful to watch, but this one like was so fluid because so much of it had to do with dance. So yeah, I agree. After that, I feel like you're going to want to take this one away. We have (laughs) the Bandits of Gola. My people. Your people. Okay, I've talked a lot about how much influence there is the South Asian culture, our music, our clothes, our people, but not much representation until recently and just having finally like these indian kids like on a train wanting to get some sweets just it was lovely it was wonderful i'm very happy that we're getting there we're getting some representation i got stuff you got stuff to work with but yeah i don't yeah but yeah my first memories are of india i remember the sweets i remember going on the train the rumble of it the feeling of that kind of fabric the smell of it and it was also different too because obviously this is a whole nother planet with right. different with aliens and force and just but i love that the story is about family because family is so important to the indian people obviously it's important to a lot of people but in indian culture family is a big priority yeah so yeah it was just lovely it was a lovely story also made me cry by the end yeah i like that i think there was a aladdin reference where he's like on top of the train and he's like all this for sweets when I think Aladdin goes, all this, all for, a this loaf for a loaf of bread. bread. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Maybe it was intentional. Maybe it was just a set. A lot of Indians, cute. we like Aladdin because, like, close enough. We're like what we can get. We're going to take any representation we got. So, yeah. This, yeah, that one made me cry, too. <laughs> I don't think anything I can say will top that. So we will just move on to the next one, which is The Pit, which is another Rise Up Against Your Oppressor short heavier i think than the others yeah yeah so it was really heavy i really liked again there was like a sibling dynamic again Mm -hmm. which i love the family and seeing relationships especially in star wars the interesting thing about the pit is the writer director executive producer 
Leandre Thomas, who actually works for Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. So this was a partnership between Lucasfilm. Yeah. Taijo? Yeah. Taijo. Yes, it's a collaboration between the two. Yes. Maybe I'm off here, so tell me if I am. It was a lot of this vibe of when you're being occupied and you're being held down by another group, being so forced into your own bubble, or in this case, pit, for the express purpose of not seeing the bigger picture. Because if you don't see the bigger picture, you are less likely to do something about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I felt like it was also oppression can be happening in your own backyard but you don't see it because you're so focused on yeah. whatever is going on or just like you don't want to see it. Yeah, so you're kept because, so, it kept so separate. Yeah, because Davey Diggs, the character he voices, he gets out of the pit and he's like running to town, the city. And he's like, there's people, there's children down there. And like at first, nobody believes him. But at least it seems like nobody believes him. And yeah, it felt, again... Hit close to home again, you know, that stuff can be happening so close to you and you have it, you're having no idea. Yeah. Had a nice ending. You should have a nice ending. Yeah. Uplifting a bit. Yeah. I think if a Star Wars story can end on hope, I think we are willing to forgive any roughness that comes before that. So something like Screechers Reach doesn't end on hope, which is why it's so devastating. But the pit does. So I think that's the difference. Yeah. And finally, we have Al's song, which was the cutest one. They look like little felt creatures. They look like, like little toys. And they're fuzzy. So adorable. Little bear creatures who mine Kyber, but who can't use Kyber. Yeah. And the Kyber has been bled or red. Bled. That's the word. The yeah, Kyber's bled. been bled. And Al has the ability to heal it with her voice. But she's told not to do that. Because that's not. Is it, is it even at that point, like her father doesn't think that she can heal it, but like she affects it by some way and causes a reaction. So I don't think he knows it's healing. Yeah, but he knows she, he knows she's affecting it. Yeah. So that's why she's not allowed to to not do. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that whole thing told to keep quiet, keep your secret. And that's something that the creator was saying at the press conference as well was that in her experience, like being told not to sing, not to use your voice in like in her family resonated so much with her that's where this had come from yeah yeah it was beautiful i loved it so you have not seen vision season two or volume two definitely make a point of doing that yeah this is star wars project is the most personal for me at least like i mentioned about like the band is a Golok and the stars and i am your mother Andor did touch some very important issues like colonization, but it was still written through the lens of a white person because all the writers were white. And I definitely think they listened to Diego. I think they listened to people of color and got feedback, but there's still that translation. There's a point in between where it's like touching on these issues. I don't think because they haven't experienced them. And I feel like it's Star Wars Visions proves like why we need more diversity in Star Wars, especially when the main bad guy is an empire that takes over people's planets and takes over their land. Because sadly, a lot of people have been through that. 
and they've lived that experience. They can bring their own experience to it. Yes. And I think that makes the story so much more powerful. And there's just, there's more emotion that can be brought to it. So I don't know. I I just, I want to see more than just the same writers. I, I get what you're saying. I think part of the issue, not issue, I think part of what gets lost in translation with something like Andor is, again, they are definitely listening. They are definitely cognizant of the experience, but a lot of it still ties into the bigger rebellion. And that's the Star Wars of it all. These stories and visions felt a lot more personal. Like they had more free reign, maybe. Yeah, they had not even the free free reign. reign. This is how it impacted me. This is how it impacted my family, as opposed to this is how it impacts families, generally speaking. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's the difference. But I feel like you can still bring the motion and details. It's like the small little details, like, and I am your mother. The little girl, like, being embarrassed about what she has to bring for lunch. That's something that a lot of second-gen people go through. Mm-hmm. Is because... Other kids will make fun of them. Wow, that's weird. Why are you eating weird food? It smells weird kind of thing. I think that's that aspect to it. Besides the larger plot thing, that aspect to it, I think, is something we generally find by and large in Star Wars storytelling, like outside of the mainstream visuals. So outside of the movies and the live action TV series and really even the like big animated series, like the books. You find it a lot, like those little details in the books, because I think people have a little more room with the books and with something like Visions to put the personal in there in a way that like they don't have that leeway with the stuff that like most people are going to watch. You know what I mean? But still, it would be nice. It would be. It would be. But that requires a bigger overhaul than I think we're going to get anytime soon. Maybe this is the start. I hope so. That would be nice. On a completely different note, another show came out today. Yes. Called Young Jedi Adventures. It's great. It's so cute. It's definitely aimed at a younger demographic. It's aimed at the six-year-old crowd. The Disney Junior crowd. Preschool. Disney Junior is meant for kids who are at home before school. So that means like three to five. Okay. It is aimed for the... Three to five year olds. And when I tell you I binged it, I loved it. It was so cute. So it follows these three Jedi younglings at this beautiful tropical vacation destination temple. Okay, wait. There's something we have to say beforehand because this is also going to be a video. This takes place 200 years before Phantom Menace. So none of those, oh, Anakin's going to get these no. kids jokes I, or anything like that because I'm sorry, these kids are already dead. So, no, I'm sorry. In in this day and age, like, making a joke about somebody going into what is functionally a school and killing a bunch of kids is not funny. No. It never was funny. It never was funny. It's less funny now. Yeah. People are constantly making these jokes, even though it says, like, in the summary, 200 years during the High Republic, Anakin was not even thought about 200 years ago. So, just stopping that. So, it's these three younglings. At their idyllic little temple in on Tanu, I think is the name of the world. Yeah. They're living their best lives. Living their best lives. There's like beaches, there's palm trees. It's a great place to live. So it's Kai, Liss, and Nubs. 
which we're going to get to Nubs. We're going to get to Nubs in a second. And the friend Nash, who is Nash. a child pilot. She's like with a, her little droid. She's so she's, cute. She's a six-year-old with her own starship. Her parents run a shipping company, so she just has her own tiny ship and she conveys them around. I don't think she's actually meant to be six. I think she's meant to be a little older. She's the parent. Eight. Okay. She's like a cool, makes she's it like a cool big kid. And then there's a little gang of like prepubescent, like eight to 10 year old pirate who keep making their lives miserable. And it's such a funny premise. I am so surprised this is the first time Star Wars has done something like this, especially since the Disney merger, because mm-hmm. Marvel already has something like Spider, Spidey and Friends. Yeah. And I think they have something else. But I think it's because like from the Phantom Menace onward, for what we've got on screen so far, it's all so like politically fraught that there's no good time to be a six-year-old. That's very true. So I feel like the High Republic is a great time to be a six-year-old. Yeah. Because you can't do a kid's Jedi show set around the Phantom Menace because then that does raise yeah. the question of where were they? And then yeah. there aren't a ton of Jedi. And I think Jedi is such an obvious answer for what kids enjoy in Star Wars. That also can't have them after the original trilogy either. Can't have them after the OT because they're not really around. You can't have them. I mean, listen, if you give me Luke's Jedi Academy, the show, I would love that. But like, you can't really have it then. You can't obviously have it post Rise of Skywalker yet. So the High Republic, I feel like they needed to really establish that before they could put this show out. Yeah. So they did have a micro series called Star Wars Galactic Pals. Okay. That was really their first four-way until it's demographic. But literally, they were minute-long episodes about, like, how to take care of a certain species. And we got those really cute, like, a little Rodian baby. Like, yeah. I the, feel like those the, were more toy. Yeah. More toy-inspired, even though there are some adorable toys with this one of the Young Jedi Avengers. Yeah. If your shorts are, like, a minute long, you're looking to sell toys. You're not looking to sell stinger. But this is, but, they're a full-length, like, 22 minute episodes but there's two stories in each episode very saturday morning cartoon style yes and they teach great lessons about patience teamwork sharing caring candace and i each had an embarrassing moment i think mine is significantly less embarrassing no yes yes no yes so my embarrassing moment was that i did not realize because i did not stay through the credits i just closed it and moved on to the next episode that their Jedi master at the temple, Zia, is voiced by Nassim Pedrat, who's an Iranian actress. So I finally got my female Iranian character in Star Wars, and she's a Jedi. I finally in the High Republic. In the High Republic. Which Arthur loves. I'm living for this. I didn't know, I didn't notice because I didn't stay through the credit. I know. And I text her and I'm like, hey, oh my gosh, I just realized. I'm like, we should be celebrating. You finally got an Iranian. Lady Jedi. Like, like, what are you talking about? And then she tells me. Yeah, because there's been Iranian actors. But one, two. Who's the second one? Wait, who's the first one? Dr. Pershing. Who's the second one? Ezra. He's not out yet. He doesn't count. Yes. The trailer, we saw his face. For half a second, we saw his little hologram. It doesn't count yet. Okay. But soon. It was like, I'm like, who's the one you're counting? (laughs) The extra one. Anyway. So, this was my thing. Now, Candace sends me a text talking about how excited she is about this. And she's, oh my God, Nubs is so cute. And I'm like, yeah, Nubs is so cute. And she's, I've loved Ewoks since I was nine. I'm like, and I'm thinking for half a second, yeah, Candace likes the teddy bears. 
But then I'm like, let me just make it. I'm like, Candy's on an Ewok. I have a mental it was like I It was like I told you Santa wasn't real. Like, you were so shocked. Never mind the fact that he is like blue, raspberry, icy colored. How do we... What color were they in the cartoons? There was like some purple cartoon Ewok. They were gray. They were gray. Up. They were wearing purple. They were not like radioactive purple. They were like a grayish purple, which is like a color that occurs in nature. Damn, they were. Okay, they were just wearing bright colors. They were, yeah, they have colorful clothing, but they are not radioactive the way Nubs is. Okay, but he could be like from a different side of indoor. That's what I thought. Maybe like, fake fan anyway he looks like a teddy bear just like Ewok. he is extremely cute hashtag nubs nation we love him he's voiced by d bradley baker who also yes. voices all the clones ever the entire cast of bad batch except omega <laughs> so like this show it's more character driven in that the plot resets every 12 minutes like it doesn't really carry over other than the fact that like they've met somebody like they'll meet tabor yeah. the, the pirate kid or Nash or whatever that will carry over, but like a Saturday morning cartoon, the stakes begin and end in twelve minutes, which I think it makes really like bite-sized, bingeable kind of adventures if you just want to exist in this high republic environment. And I think if there are kids in your life, you should definitely, definitely oh. show them. So yeah, this is great for maybe the younger Star generation Wars. who like they like the idea of Star Wars, but some of the Star Wars topics are a little too heavy. Even and if they don't know anything about Star Wars, if you just want to put oh, yeah. it on for them, that's their gateway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have a friend whose kid just watches all the Baby Yoda scenes on YouTube. And now they can watch the whole episode. Yeah, exactly. I had a friend who showed her kids all of Clone Wars and they saw Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, but never showed them Revenge of the Sith. They're in for a rude awakening. I, I am scared to ask her if she's finally showed them that. Yeah, you need to ask her because I need to know. But yeah, the little girl, Liz, really likes creatures. She can connect to them. I just love, like, with this character and with all the characters, there's, like, somebody for kids to attach to. Exactly. There's someone they can relate to. Like, and Kai is a leader, and he's, like, very ambitious, too. He wants to show off to Master Yoda, which, I mean, every kid wants to be, like, really good. Yeah. And like, if Jedi's not your thing, you can be Nash. And if you want to be, like, bad a little bit, you can be Thabor. And I think there's just... So much room for kids to imagine in this world. It's not a prescriptive plot where it's, we have to go here and we have to do this. And we, by the end of our game, we have to blow up the Death Star or whatever. It's just today we are training on this new planet and it's just like the playground or whatever. And it's just adorable. And again, Nubs is so freaking cute. So cute. He's so fuzzy. And actually like all the character designs, they have those big eyes. Very expressive. I love that they're always hugging each other too, and and also like just encouraging each other. And I'm like, this is just such a happy show, and it's so colorful and bright. And no shade to Clone Wars, but I like that they used a different animation style. I think it's this is like the very much the this is a lot more Disney, yeah. But it's I think it makes it a lot more. It's a lot gentler this animation style do you know what oh, I mean? yeah a lot softer this is made lucasfilm obviously yeah but also wild canary okay who What's um canary? did mira royal detective they do something called chicken squad 
Puppy Dog Pals. Okay. The Rocketeer, which I've never heard of. And Miles from Tomorrowland. Miles from Tomorrowland. I know that one. I haven't seen it, but I know it. But it's very much that art style with the big heads and the smiling faces. And, you know. I just, I feel like if I was even like a bit older, six or seven, I feel like if I was older, I would be obsessed with this show. They have lightsabers. It's super cool. Exactly. They have lightsabers and room to imagine. This is all I'm asking for. Yeah. No. They go on adventures. They get to meet cool creatures and they fight pirates. Yeah. What more can you ask for? I know. All right. Anything else you want to add? Remember what the pirates do is they steal a bunch of fruit to sell for a profit. And it's like the stakes are so low, but the kids are so upset because it was supposed to be at the festival shared with everyone. And then they <laughs> share with him in the end. I'm like, listen, good show is a good show. Yeah, no, ours and I were texting. It's so cute. It's so cute. Anyway, just, oh, Star Wars Visions just emotionally devastated us. And then yeah, we needed, Young like, Jedi Adventures put us back together. It was a palate cleanser. But you have not watched either today, and you're planning on watching both. First of all, I'm astonished you stayed through this. But um, second of all, watch Visions first, and then watch Young Jedi Adventures, because it's going to cheer you up. I cannot wait until the gifts of Nubs dancing comes out because I'm going to use that for every happy reaction from now on. Oh, good. Something to look forward to. Because he does, he does like this little dance. It's because he's so cute. Cute. I need it. I want to get one of the plushies. I just hope Bucky wouldn't destroy it because it looks a lot like one of his toys. <laughs> you just got to keep it on a shelf away from him. Yeah, that's what I had to do with Lula. Like, Lula. Made for him. For me. For not you. Him. Not him. <laughs> yeah, it's top. He's looked at it a few times. That's a big stuffy. All right. On that anything, note. On that note, anything else you want to... We are Star Wars fans. We got some great stuff this May the 4th. We did. Yeah. All right. So, Candace, where can everyone find you online? The best place to find my geeky stuff is on Twitter at Candace is a Geek. And I am on Twitter at Arzu Amin. I'm Arzu D2 everywhere else. As a network, we are on Twitter at geeky underscore waffle. We are the Geeky Waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Tumblr. And we are on YouTube, also at The Geeky Waffle. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can subscribe. Thank you. Also, Space Waffles has his own Twitter. Space Waffles does have his own Twitter. Whether or not I remember to use it is another story, but it does no. have its own Twitter. At Space Waffles Pod. And we are also at thegeekywaffle.com if you want to know what we're up to. That's the best place to find it. And we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle. So, to get some very much not young Jedi material. Yes, this is all 18 plus waffles after dark it honestly should be like art 30 plus because i don't know once you're 18 you're old enough to make your own decision anyway on that note thank you all so much for listening and may the fourth be with you